Right on radio. Right on radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. Ready? Go. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. Just as you are. Just as you are. 
Welcome to Right On Radio. I don't believe in coincidences, and there is nothing by accident. That song wasn't by accident. This chapter in the Bible is not by accident. The timing is not by accident. And for those of you who read this uh, chapter ahead of time, that's a good practice to do, by the way. Um, you might be thinking, what does this chapter have to do with what's going on with today? And I'll tell you the truth, I'm tempted to do some new stuff because I'm seeing so much stuff unfold right now. And it's nothing like the posts that you're seeing on Telegram or Twitter. I believe some of you are starting to see it as well. But this morning, <laughs> why God talks to me when I uh, walk my dog or when I'm in the shower, I don't know. But I got a, a word today and it's a it's a strong one and i'm confident that it was uh the voice of the lord in it so i will be sharing that at some point during the broadcast and it's something that i think well you may not want to hear it actually <laughs> but i think it's good if you do um As I always say in these studies, you know, this chapter, it seems to be talking and giving instruction for church leadership and Peter is writing, you know, those who are scattered out through Asia and everything else. But God wrote this letter to you and that begs repetition. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not an elder. I'm not a pastor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just one of the congregation. I'm just one of the bride. Well, are you not a joint heir in Christ? Have you not been brought into his kingdom and do you not have the same father? Are you not called kings and priests? in his kingdom and you say you're nobody not in the eyes of God and it's time that we wake up to who we are and what our roles are in Christ and I have to admit that in preparing do this chapter, I've been asking myself the very same questions. I never intended to get into a ministry like this. And this ministry is not like the way the, uh, the church was intended to operate. So, you know, I guess I'm kind of off base there a little bit. 
but I do believe God gave this, and I even refused to call this a ministry for probably six months to a year until I heard it a couple hundred times that, you know, this is a ministry. So I guess it is. And when I look up the definition of the word ministry, it fits. So I guess God is able to work outside of the box. And if he's able to work outside of the box with this community as a whole, is he able to work outside of the box in your life? Are you willing to hear his instruction? Because there's instructions right here for you. There's remedies. There's all kinds of answers. What seems to be such a simplistic chapter, I think you're going to find it to be extremely rich. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you as your redeemed with thankful hearts. And Lord, just as the song said previously, now is the time to worship you. Now is the time to heal our hearts and to get right with you. Now is the time to press in to our faith, to be equipped, to have the full armor of God on. Lord, now is the time we need our faith increased. Lord, now is the time we need to train ourselves up for the work that you have in store for us. Lord, now is the time that we go into the world with humility and in service of those in the direction you will point us to. Jesus gave us the perfect example of a prayer. And Father, we mimic those words when we ask you that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, just as there was a, and there is a war in heaven, even as we speak, there is war on this earth. And Lord, we are not capable of understanding everything except for by the revelation that you give us. But Lord, nothing happens without your permission because you are sovereign over all things. Lord, you have dominion over all things. And Lord, we know that Jesus suffered 
for us and for the kingdom and for your glory as the ultimate story of triumph of good over evil. And if Jesus was sent as our example, Lord, that tells me that we're not exempt from some pain in this world as well. But Father, my faith is that you will carry us through this and that you are a good God and you will never, ever give us a test that we cannot only persevere through, Lord, but we can come through giving you honor and glory by your power and your grace. I give you thanks for Peter, and I give you thanks for this word today. Lord Jesus, I ask your Holy Spirit will speak through me today and give you glory. I give the Holy Spirit full permission to speak through me this morning, God willing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, this is not a somber message. Um, if my tone comes off that, that way, it's because... <laughs> it's because... <laughs> Because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. <laughs> oh, that's just so wonderful. It's it's amazing. You have the uh, the man behind the curtain in this earth realm, but you have the man above the clouds and above the sky who's in control of all things. His dominion forever. Let's read the chapter. We're in First uh, Peter, the very last chapter, chapter 5. It's a fairly short chapter. I'll just read the whole thing, and then we'll start looking at the text. <laughs> I don't know if my mic is picking that up but my wife is just on the other side of the wall to my left and she is singing worship songs right now. It's coming through the wall while blow drying her hair. <coughs> I'm tempted to turn the mic. <laughs> Therefore, I urge elders among you as your fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and one who is also a fellow partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not with greed, but with eagerness, nor yet as domineering over those assigned to your care, but by proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, 
you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another, because God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Having cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares about you, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Through Salvanius, our faithful brother, for I regard him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She, who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace be to you, all who are in Christ. The simplicity of God's word is also his grace and power to us. People try to make it so complicated. And complication adds confusion. Confusion adds chaos and anxiety into your mind. Do not follow someone who makes this complicated. And and by the way, um, I'm on full display here for you as well and for accountability. But what, it, what a lot of this is saying is it's actually giving you a way to discern whom you should be knitted with. It gives examples of who leaders in your church should be and what how they should act. If they do not act like this, you should not be there. Or... They should be held in account in a proper way before the church repent and go forward. And this is how the Lord has designed his bride to function on the earth.
So the very first word in first Peter chapter five is therefore. And whenever I hear therefore, I have to go back to see because it's a continuation. It's like, because I just said this, this is what I'm saying now. So I go back to verse 19 of chapter four. And that one also starts with therefore. So let's go back to verse 18 of first Peter chapter four as a prelude to chapter five, verse 18. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So someone who is righteous in their own, uh, it's with difficulty that they're going to be saved because I'm a, I do good. I give to charity. I'm just giving some loose examples. I'm not going to spend much time on it as we did this last week. And so what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Well, they better find God. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. I want you to hold on to those words because I didn't even see this till now, but that uh, goes along perfectly with what the word God words God gave me this morning to share with you. So therefore, verse 1, I urge the elders among you as your fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. So what is an elder? An elder, some people will call them deacons, and there's different words for denominations, but essentially an elder is an older man a man of some wisdom and a man who would be entrusted by a pastor or leader of a church to assist him in managing the flock. If you have a great number of sheep, and I'm using in the literal of someone who is shepherding over sheep in the literal if you have a vast amount of sheep, you're going to need some help. Um, and the Lord gave a way to bring up elders into a church. They're supposed to be men of older, you know, of some age of wisdom, essentially. And that could be a younger man who's just very wise and very well steeped in the scriptures. Um, but it's someone who can be trusted. It's not like in, in so many congregations now, you know, there's a, uh, 
when they need a new pastor, they go to the board and they go out and they do this pastor search and then they vote on them and stuff like that. That's, I don't think that's the way God intended it to be. But Peter is urging the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. So not only is he an elder in the church, he is a witness, an eyewitness of the sufferings of Christ. But if this was written, if Peter wrote this to, you know, Brother Silas and people like that, but if God wrote this to you, what does it sound like to you when he says, as your fellow elder, talking to you, as your fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and one who is also a fellow partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. The glory that is to be revealed. You've experienced Christ. I hope you have. And I hope you've got a taste of his glory. But make no mistake, this scripture is accurate. His glory is still yet to be revealed. But it's coming. Verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God among you. So to shepherd the flock is to care for them. It's to love your brothers and sisters. You're supposed to love everyone, but to shepherd them is to really take direct care. To take direct care. To really have your eyes on those who God has put around you and to care about them and to direct them when you can. Rebuke them if you have to. That's what true love is. Do it properly, of course. So exercising oversight. Now this is more for people who are in a leadership position. And, you know, in our little situation here, um, <laughs> It's outside of the box, but you know who the elders in the Right On Radio community are? There, there's a couple that you, many of you don't know. A couple of you know them. There's a couple people behind the scenes that really, really help me. Um, but you know what? Uh, like our prayer team and and our admins on Telegram and on Rumble, like Misty River, she's she's an elder here. Now I, I can t I can assure you, Misty and Katie, who's here, sweet Southern girly is here. I'm just looking. Um, none of them uh, meet the uh, biblical requirement of being an old wise man. But you know what? When old wise men have not stepped up, they have. And they really treat each of you with love. They are really fulfilling 
the role here because I can't do it by myself. They help so much and they are overseers. They oversee everything. And look at how active the prayer channel is and how many people pray for for your needs and, and lift each other up. So yeah, women are called to partake in the body of Christ as well. And um, the next part is uh, is really interesting, and this is a really a main component of it. So it's the second half of verse two. So they're exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. Um, I'll admit it, uh, the, the, the pay sucks <laughs> being a uh, right on radio admin person, but the key is, you know, everything is about the will and the enemy knows it's about the will. And that's why they've all, they're always telling you what they want to do, because if you do nothing, you're just like, oh, I don't care. And they get energy from that because, because of who you are. In Christ, your will is very important. This is why God allowed evil to come into the world, is to give you free will. So to willingly serve, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, because who are you serving? Let me me be really, really clear here, just in the right on radio example. They're helping me. They're not serving me. They're serving God. And I ain't he. <laughs> okay? They are serving God. They're doing it because they they want to do something for God. And they've chosen voluntarily to do this. And I'm sure you, in your own capacity need to be checking with this. And and here's the important part. It's voluntarily, so of your own will, but much more importantly, according to the will of God. You see, you might be called to service and you might have every one of the qualifications to be a pastor, maybe even, maybe even to shepherd a flock. And maybe you would be really useful in our community to help serve. But you might not be called to serve here with us. Most of you aren't. That's just a fact. So knowing that the will of God is behind it. If if I was doing this just to be popular or something well it backfired (laughs) it really backfired lost most of my friends and family over this but i believe it's the will of god he brought me here and I, i came into this kicking and screaming to some degree but it was of my own free will and it's because i want to serve god I hope you seek him out in your own walk as well. 
Now, importantly, and this is, I think, to for you to discern of who is in leadership. Some of you go to bricks and mortar churches. Some of you go to things, but um, someone serving it should not be with greed, but with eagerness. And that's a big, big thing. You know, some of you follow or have in the past followed prosperity gospels. And you want to serve in that because you want to be close to it because it's successful. You want to go on that ride. You know, the world says surround yourself with successful people and you'll be successful. That's the wrong motivation. It's so wrong. I could do the entire show on that, but I'm not because there's more. You should be eager and eagerness is one of those signs. Someone who's eager to, to serve because if someone's like, Oh man, I, I just don't want to do it today. You know, I know I signed up for it, but Hey, there's this other thing going on. I want to do that more. You know, it's probably not the right person to be in their flock. They need to be eager. I can't, like, I can't wait to serve God in this capacity. You know, they say if you get a, a, if you're operating in your calling, especially when it comes to your vocation, it does not seem like work. I think that's what he's saying here. You would do it no matter what the pay is. And here's some more qualities of person who would be elevated into leadership nor yet as domineering over those assigned to your care. So you don't rule with a heavy hand. You know, you do this, you do not belong here. You're of Satan, you sinner. (laughs) You sinner. (laughs) Let he with no sin throw the first stone can't be that guy or gal and domineering can be you know one of those people that if you have a difference in theology no no no, my way is right your way is wrong you might even be saying the same thing just in different ways but you're so uptight about getting things right your way because you know i gotta watch out for this folks i gotta watch out for that So we cannot be domineering over those assigned to your care. But proving to be examples to the flock. I want to just tell you here that um, when you are in any type of leadership, you are to be an example. Your life is uh, has to be somewhat transparent. This has been very difficult for me, and particularly because my wife is even more private than I am. Um, and it's painful when I come on and I share with you some of the uh, bad things in my life. You know, um, I get... 
I'll get criticized because, well, if I'm supposed to be a good example, I probably shouldn't drink beer or have a cigar. You know what? But I, but I don't do that when I'm around my flock, you know, around those people. And there are people here in my locality that I've discipled for years and I brought to Christ. I, I don't provide a bad example for them. In my opinion, and I shouldn't, and neither should you. But it doesn't mean that you need to be sinless to come up into some form of leadership. And I want to, I want to stress that to you. You, there are some people in your life that the Lord has knitted you with, and maybe you brought them to Christ. Maybe you've been the one feeding them. Um, don't think that you can't because you're not an official. You are called to do it. You are called a king and of priest and a joint heir with Christ. And I'll bet each one of you has some assignments that the Lord has given to you. Verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears... That's Jesus, folks. I love that word, chief shepherd. You, and he's talking to you. So when Jesus appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Because you eagerly served the Lord. Did you think that, you know, getting saved was just fire insurance? No, when you hand over your life, you're supposed to mean it. It doesn't mean you don't live your life. You don't do a family vacation or something like that. But when you hand over your life, you are committing to serve the Lord. And if you don't feel that call in you to serve the Lord, we got to get you born again. Because when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you will feel the call to serve the Lord in some capacity. You know what? Some people, and, and, and these people are needed in the body of Christ. Some people serve by just, you know, literally, you could be the one serving the table if, if we had to get together. And that's honorable service. And it's as equally as important as the one preaching at the conference or whatever it is. It's equally as important and it's as high of a calling in God's eyes as anything else. But grace be to those people because um, they're probably not going to be judged with as much scrutiny, which is good. <laughs> You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Interesting words there. Clothe yourself with humility. Well, I think everyone understands what humility means, to be humble. But when he says clothe yourself, it's like wrap yourself in it 
so that no one will see your pride. And you do have some pride. You do. I do too. We're fallen. But clothe yourself in humility. Guard your tongue. Be slow to speak. Be slow to respond in particular. And why does God say to clothe yourself in humility towards one another? Because God is opposed to the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And again, whenever I see that word grace, to me, that's power. If you have God's power by being humble, why would you ever want to be filled with pride? Think about it. God's word, not mine. I just rephrased it. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Oh, that really just kind of goes in hand in hand. But he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself <laughs> under the mighty hand of God. Does that sound like power? The mighty hand of God? Sounds like power to me. And listen to this. So that he may exalt you at the proper time. So remember when we were just reading the verse uh, verse 2, not under compulsion, voluntary, but according to the will of God. So being humble and humble, God will exalt you at the proper time. You know when that proper time is? And I know this from my study of stewardship. The proper time is when you can handle it. When it won't bring you to ruin. Because if you got exalted too early, look at me. God has all these people following. You know what I mean? It, it could be a very dangerous thing. The Lord must build you up, test you, build you up, test you. And at the proper time, God will exalt you. We exalt him. He wants to exalt you, and he will. Or he may. <laughs> it says may here. I got to be careful. It doesn't say he will. So he may exalt you at the proper time. So that is not a promise of God, but he may. That's a good thing. Oh, this is this next verse is so important for our time. Listen to this. Verse 7. 
having cast all your anxiety on him. Do you have anxiety? We probably all do, considering the circumstances of the world this day on the eighth day of October of 2023. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. And we should and we are anxious for our friends. We're anxious to get people saved because we sense the time is short. I'm certainly suffering from that. But it says having cast all your anxieties on him. He can handle it. And, you know, my wife and I were having a discussion yesterday. Actually, this has been on my mind for several days now, and I'm just going back to, you know, the work that God did in my life through new goggles and I think one of the most important aspects of that series was the one uh, lesson mediating grace through Jesus Christ and with all of your situations with all of our conversations if we can just go through him and then if I'm, I'm talking to I'm just going to, okay, Wendy is the first one I see when I look over at chat. I'm talking to Wendy. As I'm talking, I want to consciously be talking, knowing God is hearing every word. <laughs> knowing God is hearing every word that I'm speaking to Wendy. And that is putting your, that's mediating grace through Jesus Christ, which is the proper way. And this is in every aspect of your life. And when you do that, it is a perfect vehicle to cast your anxieties on Jesus. And listen to the next part. Because he cares about you. You know, Jesus says, take my yoke for it is easy. He's able to carry your burden. You're not going to put too much weight on his shoulders. He carried all the weight of sin of the entire world from the beginning to the very end. He's had that all on his shoulders and he handled it perfectly. And it says he wants you to give him your anxieties. Give it to him. Because he cares about you. Verse 8. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. What does it mean to be of sober spirit? means to be a clear thinker yes is it talking about drunkenness sure bible warns about drunkenness all the way through the bible don't let anything control you but you know what your anxieties can control you too depression 
can control your thoughts. There's all kinds of other things. There's fear that comes in. There can be overwhelming joy and bliss that can control your thoughts. Lust can control your thoughts. Do not have a divided mind. You need to be sober in spirit. That means you can be a clear thinker and truly hear and know the word of God. And you need to be on alert. You need to be always looking for God is communicating with you constantly. And I'll bet you that you, most of us hear about 5% of the conversation. God's showing us things all the time, but we're not looking for it because we're not mediating our lives through Christ to each other, from each other. And in the situations that we're in, Lord, what do I do here? Why do you have me here, Lord? What do I say to that person? And I go to talk to that person knowing I'm speaking through Christ to that person. You see just how simplistic this is? You know God knows every one of your thoughts. You know God knows everything about you. He knows your deepest, darkest secrets. So why not include him in all the things that we do? I ask myself the same question because I don't. But I'm doing it more and more. And the remedy is coming up here. You want to know how to get this done? It's coming up. It's coming up. God tells you. He's going to tell you right here. So be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The lion's the king of the jungle. And he's prowling around you at all times. All times. Especially you. He hates you. He already has the rest of the world. If you're unsaved, he's already got them. He's coming after you. So, here's God's simple instruction. Let me just read that one more time. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And this is God's letter to you. He's seeking you. Okay? Let's be clear. So, resist him. (laughs) Firm in your faith. Knowing that some of the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters in the world. So be firm in your faith. Know that you're not the only one who gets attacked. Resist it. Being firm in your faith. How do you increase your faith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith is a gift from God. I get it. But how do you... Increase your faith. 
doesn't it say somewhere, I think in Romans, by hearing the word of God, by reading the word of God, more importantly, <coughs> hearing it is good because you're being built up by other brothers and sisters in the faith when you hear the word of God. But if you want to build up your faith, just read the scriptures. Just read. Pray before you read. Lord, give me interpretation. What are you trying to tell me today, Lord? Have that conversation with him. What are you trying to tell me today? And he'll tell you something. His word never fails. That's the truth. But after you have suffered for a little while, just for a little while, and it's gonna ha it happens to everyone, we all get tested. The God of all grace, all, all grace. Is that some grace? No, it's all grace. There is no grace without him. There is no power without him who called you yeah you to his eternal glory in Christ why is it all why does God always keep saying in Christ do you think we should be mediating our conversations and our actions through him if we're in Christ are you in him or are you out of him I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, folks. <laughs> That's also the truth. Who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So God, in all his grace and all his power, the mighty hand of God, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, so he doesn't need any help with him, he will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Before I move on to verse 11. Here it says, Christ will himself. When you see the word will, that's a promise of God. He will perfect you. He will confirm you. He will strengthen you and establish you. What's the cost of admission? Have faith. That's the cost of admission. Strengthen your faith so you can resist the devil as much as possible. And he will do all these things for you. You do have your part, though. Press into him. Resist the devil. If you love him, you obey his commandments. 
verse 11. Remember, this is talking about church leadership, okay, here. And you are church leadership in whatever capacity God has appointed you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Why is that important? It's because the church does not belong to the pastor. He might even have the deed on the building, folks. But if it's part, if it's God's church, it's God's church. And God rules over it in all things forever and ever. I want to make this side note. To him be dominion. So dominion means he has control over everything. Everything. And we know that he has control over the devil. He has control over the fallen angels. He has control over all the entities. He has control over the evil people in this world. He has control over everything. Everything is by his permission. Strangely, by the person's will, but by his permission. One day, we'll figure that out. Okay, let's just be real, but it's a fact. But when we're talking about church leadership, and if you're in a congregation, of course, I've been warning against the NAR philosophy, the New Apostolic Reformation. It is very dangerous and is anti-God. Yeah, these people preach Christ, but they haven't read the same Bible I have or they're not reading from it, of course, they're getting new revelation all the time, which supersedes this old version. It's heresy, folks. It's blasphemy. When And, and look, I've done this uh, because I was unknowing. And some of these people are unknowing. They're just, they've been taught it and they repeat it, as I did, as probably some of you did. But now that we know about the NAR philosophy and everything else, have you ever heard someone say, I bind you and I, and they go, they go demon hunting and they're going to bind him and they're going to command the devil to flee. (laughs) They're setting you up, man. They're setting you up to be devoured. They're chaining you on the inside of the cage and pouring blood over you so the devil can smell you a mile away. You don't have the power. You don't have dominion. You don't have the authority. You know what you do have? A mighty God. And you have been granted the power of prayer. Lord, I ask that you protect me from my enemies. You don't go demon hunting. Oh, that's Leviathan over there. Leviathan, I bind you. No, I ain't messing with Leviathan. Are you kidding? You think I'm, you think I'm going to go battle an archangel? Me? You? 
Really? They're setting you up. They're making you think that you are God if you follow that philosophy. They do it very subtly because the serpent was the most subtle of all the beasts, the most cunning. And they'll lie to your face about it. We ask in the name of Jesus. We can't command Jesus. We ask, but he's a good God. And what will he do? He'll perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I'm just about done, and I do have a word from the Lord that I want to share with you today. Um, but at this point, if you have a prayer request uh, and you're in the live chat, put your prayer request in all caps so I can see it, and I will pray for you or whatever you've requested. Um and again, it's not because my prayers are special. It's because there's other people here live. They're going to pray together with us. And when two or more are gathered, there's, there's power in that request. Though Sylvanus and our faithful brother, for I regard him, so, uh, you know, brother in the Lord, not blood brother, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. So what's in this? This is the true power of God. And it's simple. Clothe yourself in humility. Give your anxieties, your problems to God. Be on the alert. Hear his instruction. And after you've suffered a little while, he's going to make it good for you. Pass the test. Something uh, that confused me, but I did a little bit of looking into it here. Um, oh, but so testifying in the true grace of God, stand firm in it. Stand firm in his grace and his power that he has dominion. And verse 13 kind of confused me a little bit, so I did a little bit of research where it says, she who is in Babylon, chosen together with you. Huh? I'm thinking, who's this woman in Babylon chosen by us, right? <laughs> so what uh, people who are smarter than me and know the Bible better than me are saying about this is um, when he refers to she, it's referring to the bride of Christ. And in Babylon, uh, we know Babylon was in Iraq or whatever, but uh, what most, what a lot of people, the consensus is, is Babylon, they were calling Rome Babylon. So from the bride of Christ who is in Rome, because of all the sin there, they were calling it Babylon. Uh, chosen together with you. So for for you, um, for the bride of Christ who's in Babylon, <laughs> in the land of sin, in the West in particular, chosen together with you sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. 
Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace be to you all who are in Christ. Amen. So I had a uh, bit of a word, and then I looked up scriptures that support that support them. And one of the things I believe the Lord was telling me this morning was to start looking, and maybe this part was just for me, uh, but I think it's good advice for every one of us, so I'll share it. But I believe the Lord was telling me that I need to start looking after my health, my physical health. And personally, I've always taken it for granted. You know, I've never really been badly sick. I've never had to have surgeries or never been hospitalized. And, you know, I've probably abused my body more than anyone should ever. Um, but I, but the uh, the Lord was telling me to start protecting my health. And then the words that I heard, and I think this is for everyone, and it, it's concerning fasting, and I will just say before I give the words here, um, I have never called for a corporate fast here on Right On Radio. Perhaps there's a time that we will do that, but I have never really chosen to divulge when I fast or anything like that because it's it's really between you and God. Um, if you decide to come alongside with someone and, and I'm, hey, I, hey, brother or sister, I'm going to fast with you over this and really seek out God, that's a godly thing to do. But I'm not going to do it um, like when it, we're just going to pray that uh, by fast, corporate, our corporate fasting, that God will enter our presence more. And, uh, you know, fasting for you can just be giving up coffee, you know, uh, it could be just anything. No, it can be, I guess. But fasting is the reliance on God. It's saying, and, and some people can't physically because diabetes or whatever, and that's okay. Um, and for some people, it's just giving up something. And it is still a sacrifice, and there is still power in it. But really, it's, it's to deny yourself food. It's to say that, you know, I don't need food because the Word of God is my food and to be reliant on God. This is my opinion. Um, some people will differ from that. I, I think I gave a balanced perspective. But when I'm talking about fasting, that's what I'm talking about here. And I really felt the Lord say to me, and I'm sharing it with you, I think he meant it for all of us. We, want, we need to start taking care of our health 
and we should listen to the two words practice fasting okay there's more there's a reason but i believe the lord has said practice fasting now fasting can be any length of time whatever the lord puts on your heart whatever you're able to sustain but when i heard the words practice fasting because i have started practicing fasting um I've been doing intermittent. So for instance, if I want to do a 24 hour fast, let's say I was going to do a 24 hour fast starting today, I would have my dinner tonight and then I wouldn't have any food until dinner the next day. That'd be a 24 hour fast. And it's, it's much easier to do it that way than to wake up the next day and don't have breakfast, lunch, dinner, don't have anything, and then, you know, have breakfast the next day. Some people consider that a 24-hour fast. That's actually more like a 36 to 40-hour fast when you actually think about it. Um, in the past, the most I've done is I did five days. And after I got past the third day, the third day was really tough. Uh, I think that's with a lot of things, but um, it actually got easy. I could have gone quite a bit longer. I chose to end it, and I had planned to end it on the day I did because I was going to a wedding. And, uh, you know, the meal was paid for, and I wanted to, I wanted to eat and participate. So that was... Uh, one thing, and I'm just going to give you a, a scripture from Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. Then the disciples of John came to him asking, why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast, talking about talking Jesus here. And Jesus said to them, the attendants of the groom cannot mourn as long as the groom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the groom is taken away from them and they will fast. So keep that in mind. And when I... Uh, Right after I heard the words practice fasting, the other thing that I heard is there will come a time when even his people, God's people, will be tempted. to curse God. You know, if we go into some suffering, if we go into famine, if we go into war, 
and there's atrocity and the devil is out seeking to devour you, there may be a time when you are tempted to curse God. So that's why there's no coincidence when this chapter has been saying for us to press into our faith, to clothe ourselves in humility, to depend on the grace and power of God because he has dominion and all authority forever and ever. Amen. And, of course, an example of this is in the book of Job. Job was being tested. Many of you know the story. Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Then his wife said to him, (laughs) Do you still hold firm your integrity? He had just got all these blemishes on his body and he's wrapped in sores and, you know, God has clearly forsaken him, right? Except God never did forsake him. And just like in, in Matthew there, when it says, you know, when the, when you, when you think God is not with you <laughs> and there could be a time coming folks, when the earth is so bad, you think that God has forsaken you. So his wife said to him, do you still hold firm your integrity? Just curse God and die. But he, Job, said to her, you are speaking as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we actually accept good from God, but not accept adversity? Despite all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Look, I don't know if we're going into the end times or not. Feels that way. I don't know. But is there a time coming in your life when you'll think that God has gone away from you and you're tempted to curse God because the world will be telling you just like Job's wife did. The world's going to tell you to curse God. In fact, the world will reward you for cursing God. You will be tempted to curse God. But the word faith is the belief in things yet unseen. You need to build up your faith. You need to get to know God more intimately. And the only way to do that is by hearing and seeking out the word of God yourself. If you just relied on this Sunday broadcast, if that's the only church you get, you're missing the point. You'll be the one cursing God. You need to commit to God and you need to commit to his word. Even if it's just a verse a day, 
One verse a day. The word of God is that powerful that you could take one verse a day and just have that in your mind all day. Keep thinking about it. Meditate on it. Lord, teach me more from this verse. I know it sounds nonsensical, whatever verse it is. Whatever verse it is. I could have just taken this one, verse 9. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold firm your integrity? Curse God and die. I could just take that without taking the next verse, and I could ask God about that all day long. And you know what? If I'm on alert, if I know the word of God to some degree, and I'm being on alert and I'm watching for it, he's going to show me more of why he put that verse in for me, for you. He put it in for you. It's not the person next to you. It's not the other person in chat. He put it in for you. So to practice fasting is to put your faith in God and to say you are more important than whatever I'm fasting from in my life. And it's it's a training to rely on God. Let him show you his supernatural power and his grace. Let him show you. Let us start practicing fasting. And when that great time of testing comes, you will be able to resist the devil, stand true, and God will give you that glorious, unfading crown at the right time. Amen. Oh, Lana, thanks again. God bless you. Thank you. Um, Okay, I'm just going to scroll up. I'm looking at... Oh, it looks like we had more... uh, We had the enemy in our chat. But our mods are steadfast and with the power and they're wielding the mighty... Mighty tools that God gave us to just completely obliterate the trolls that come in. In Jesus' name. And I see that happened quite a bit. (laughs) (coughs) All right. Okay, I'm going to pray for... Husband Greg to take on the power of the Holy Spirit and take the lead in our home. Well, that's a godly request, and that is firmly in God's will. We need prayer for upcoming work week, undergoing big organizational changes that will be difficult. Okay. Still need prayers for my daughter-in-law now at 33 weeks in high-risk pregnancy is not doing well. We pray she can make it to 35 weeks minimum. Well, God is above all of that, but we're going to pray 
exactly as you've requested. Pray for a friend, Ariel, whose dad has just been diagnosed with cancer in his kidney. Okay. And just, okay. So if there's any more that come in, I probably will not be able to get to them. Um, I'm only going to read down to there. And just so that I've included it, I uh, have a person that's, it's extended family, but make no mistake, it's it's family. And uh, someone dear in my life, Gary, um, he hasn't been in good health for quite a long time. He's been on oxygen and stuff like that, and he was just in the hospital. And uh, we've just found out that he has lung cancer, and it's spread everywhere in his body, and the uh, diagnosis does not look good. And uh, at this point in time, I do not believe that he is saved has given his life over to Jesus. So there's a little bit of anxiety that I'm giving over to God in a real life situation with that. And uh, obviously I'm going to be going over there with, uh, I'm just waiting on my order. As soon as I found out, I ordered like six bottles of the mushrooms for him. And uh, I pray it's not too late or God will intervene, but I'm definitely having the conversation with him about God. He's always known my faith, my daughter's faith, He's always known of it, and uh, he's never been resistant of it, but he's, uh, well, Gary. All right. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for those incredibly generous words that you gave that were um, complimentary to this Bible study. Lord, I do believe it was your word of God and it's the grace of God upon our lives that you would give us instruction that is good for us. So Lord, I thank you for, for those. And Lord, I thank you that you've given me the ability and the will to, to even shut my mouth and listen sometimes. Lord, and you're teaching me more and more of that. I thank you for the work you're doing in my life. I thank you for this entire community, and I want to thank you for all those who help serving this community, Lord. I pray you give us more, you make us more of an example to the body of Christ in how we serve each other with love, not under any kind of compulsion, but because we want, we desire to serve you. Lord, I pray for Greg. You have called him to be the head of the house. Lord, you have put an order in. And right now, even though they both love you, Lord, the order is inverted my perception and if it's inverted it is not working according to your will lord i pray that greg will step up 
as the spiritual leader and step into his role that you have appointed him. Lord, I don't know how this is to happen, but Lord, I pray that you will bring other strong men into his life for ministering angels, or perhaps he'll just see it in your word and know that he needs to work in your order because that is where he will find more harmony with you, Lord, and with his wife. And things are just easier. Our lives are just better when we walk according to the word of God. So I pray that relief in Greg's life. Lord, I also pray for this upcoming work week. Lord, working for companies and particularly companies that are worldly, who Jesus does not sit at the helm, and I suspect this is one of them. Lord, but you put Christians inside of there to serve, and you've given us provision, and you strategically place your people into these organizations because you care about the other people, whether they know you or not. And Lord, I suspect you've placed this couple in this very large business and in, in a position of some authority as well, Lord, because you've lifted up for the right time. And Lord, I pray that this is one of those right times where together... As a couple, they will be clothed in your humility and do your will. And Lord, usually with organizational changes, I suspect that there's going to be some letting go of people. There's, there's going to be some hurt in this. Hence, the prayer request said it'll be a difficult week, whatever the circumstances may be. But Lord, your grace is enough. And I pray that even as a testimony to someone who is an unbeliever, that your grace will abound using your beloved in this organization. And Lord, I pray for both of them as they go into this week that they will know and have the confidence that you are going to work through them. And Lord, that they will mediate your grace through Jesus, even in the secular circumstance. Let it be so, Lord. Lord, we pray for this poor woman, the anxiety that she is facing, that the family is facing. There is nothing in this world, no measure of gold, no measure of silver, whatever it be, Lord, that is more valuable than a brand new life being brought into this world. And Lord, this pregnancy is tumultuous. 
Lord, I pray for faith to increase. I pray your grace upon their life, the blessed reassurance, Lord. Lord, these situations are so difficult. Lord, I pray your grace upon this situation. And as requested, Lord, we do pray that the pregnancy will go well and this baby will be born. And Lord, that this baby will have a good life. Oh Lord, we really do seek you out on this and we ask, holy God, you are able. This brand new baby, Lord, let it be so. Let it be so, Lord. Also want to pray for this friend, Ariel. Lord, I don't know who if Ariel knows the Lord, but I suspect she does, or he does. But Lord, I pray for this person with cancer in his kidney. Cancer is not from you, Lord. You are above cancer. Lord, and I pray for the family that is surrounding. Lord, that they will have a greater belief, that they will press into you, Lord. Perhaps even practice fasting to strengthen them, Lord, so that you will have a true glorified witness in your work. that your name may be glorified in an even greater capacity that I'm capable of praying for. We ask these all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. I'm sorry that this these are going longer than I intend. <laughs> I want to keep them under an hour. I thought for sure I was going to get there with this one being just such a short chapter. But, you know, with some, with the Tuesday shows and the Thursday shows, I, sometimes I want to be somewhat entertaining because that is a, a little bit of a draw. But on these shows, it's not to be entertaining at all because the responsibility before God to read the entire book of First Peter, and I hope you've got some good things out of it. I know I have. I appreciate if you would leave a comment and maybe even some testimonies, you know, of God's grace upon your life. You can also email me at uh, writeonjeff at gmail.com. I only kind of reply once a week to those 
is I, I'm just finding I can't be that distracted anymore. But uh, God bless each and every one of you. And uh, in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, pray for them. Love your neighbor as yourself and make a difference in your community.